State of the Division. Welcome to it. It is Monday, June 13th. I'm Peter Apple. That's Sam Lucchini. And we're breaking down what's been going on in the AL East. We are the Monday edition of State of the Division. Sam, what's going on? You have a player from each team, kind of the player of the week. And I have a bit of a rundown on how each team has been doing in the past week. But how are you doing? How was your week? I'm incredible. Week's great. I'm in a new spot. You guys see the new setup in the background, so that's great. Um, I do want to wish you happy Cal Quantrill Day because he shoved yet again today. And this is our first recording together, so I'm like super stoked for this right now. This is yeah, awesome. this is awesome. And I wish Cal Quantrill was in the AL East so we could break him down because he's got a three three two ERA. And I will continue to say that he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Is he actually? I don't know, but he performs like it. Let's start in the top of the AL East with our New York Yankees because we are both Yankee fans but we are also objective journalists but there's nothing objective about saying that the Yankees are the best team in baseball right now they are 43 and 16 as we record they're currently playing the Cubs but they have a plus 113 run differential they are nine and one in their last 10 games and the pitching really has been the story with this team all year they rank second in ERA first in whip, first in walks per nine, third in Ks per nine, fourth in hits per nine, seventh in home runs per nine, and the offense is led by Aaron Judge. What has sparked the Yankees this week? Well, in all honesty, it starts with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is my hitter of the week for the New York Yankees. He's been raking all season. But this past week, slash 316, 448, 442 with a 226 WRC+. He had the two-home run game on Saturday night against the Chicago Cubs. Six RBIs last week. Is he the best hitter on the planet right now, Peter? It's hard to say that he's not. He's certainly the front runner for American League MVP. You know, the best hitter on the planet is still probably Mike Trout. But if you look at the numbers, it's Aaron Judge. And it's not even that close. I mean, of course, it's somewhat close. But Aaron Judge has really taken a hold of this. He has 24 home runs. The Detroit Tigers have 30 home runs. That's how good Aaron Judge has been. What about on the pitching side? Because I said it at the beginning, the pitching has been what's the story with the Yankees. And day in and day out, they always have a chance to win because more often than not, they have the starting pitching advantage. But a guy like Nestor Cortez just had a rough start. Garrett Cole just had a rough start. But J-Mo and Severino and Tyone have been fantastic. What pitcher this week were you a little bit nervous about? Are you a little nervous about Nestor? Are you a little nervous about Cole? What are you thinking? I do think that there will be a, not necessarily a fall off with Nestor, but like kind of like a come down to earth kind of thing, what we saw this week. He wasn't great in that start, but that was his one bad start that he's had this year. You could, you know Garrett Cole's going to be here. Cole, he's going to be incredible. It's a one it's a one blip thing. I mean, the three home runs back to back to start the game was a little bit tough. But then last week with this rotation, what did they give up? Three earned runs through seven days, something crazy like that, right? Unbelievable. This week, it was a little bit different. Um, some of the guys got banged up. But one guy that I do want to highlight this week is Jordan Montgomery, who in all honesty is probably the most underrated pitcher right now on this staff. We talked about Jameson Tyone a lot last week. He threw the perfect, the, the perfect game bid. But Jordan Montgomery was incredible against Chicago. Seven innings pitch, five hits, five strikeouts, no walks, and no earned runs, man. This entire pitching staff right now clicking on all cylinders. And Jordan Montgomery is probably the most underrated guy on the staff. And right now, the Yankees, uh, according to Fangraphs, have a 99.9% probability of making the playoffs. That's a pretty good start to the season so far. Let's move into the second-place Blue Jays because their offense has started to heat up. 
Now they rank sixth in baseball and batting average, sixth in OBP, fifth in OPS, 15th in runs scored, ninth in home runs. We're finally seeing Bo Bichette start to take hold. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Teoscar Hernandez has had a great week. And the Toronto Blue Jays are now 34 and 24. They set eight and a half games back of the Yankees with a plus 28 run differential, which is the third best in the division. Yet they sit in second place and they are six and four in their last 10. Also big news out of Toronto, their best prospect overall, Gabriel Moreno, who's a top 10 prospect on just baseball.com on every prospect outlet you're going to find. He just had his debut. It's really excited to see him and Alejandro Kirk because Kirk is probably going to be the starter in the American league at catcher. They just have a huge surplus now of really talented young catchers but who who sparked the blue jays this week who's your player of the week so i'm gonna go right back to it with what you were talking about with alejandro kirk this week he tallied a 233 wrc plus hit 500 got on base five at a 563 clip slugged 571 last week only four games this week he missed the one game and 16 plate appearances but he's still raking and that's my all-star starter catcher i mean really outside of him and to go back with the Yankees, with Jose, Jose Torino, he's been incredible this year. It's got to be Kirk, and he's been so good, and he's been massive for this team. And like you said, with Moreno coming up now, what kind of role is Moreno going to play with Kirk? And I guess it's going to be kind of a platoon job. And Danny Jansen's still there, and he's not all that bad. Yeah, it seems like they're – I would say that they're going to trade one of them, right? You know, Hyunjin Ryu just went down with forearm tightness. That is scary for them because now they're down an arm with Barrio struggling, with Kikuchi kind of being a bit inconsistent. Kikuchi has been overall fine, but just a bit inconsistent from start to start. Noah and Gosman are, are just fantastic, but they really need a starter. I'd be interested to see if they package maybe a Zach Collins. Maybe they take Danny Jansen and they go get a starting pitcher, possibly some help in the bullpen as well, because that's where I see the issue with this team. I mean, if we're talking about their bullpen right now, they're 20th in Ks per nine. 18th in ERA, 13th in whip. This is a very talented division. They're going to need some bullpen help. I assume that they, at the trade deadline, Jansen, Collins, or possibly Moreno could be available, but they would have to be blown out of the water to give up on Moreno because he is incredibly talented. Mm. Absolutely. So let's move to a pitcher because I do want to talk about a guy, a guy that you just talked about just a little bit ago, and he was struggling really early on this year. This guy, Jose Barrios, is somebody that I did not want to see pitch at all last year. Against our Yankees, he might have been one of the scariest pitchers that I saw all of last year. But, dude, he's starting to heat up, man. He's starting to get good. Friday against Detroit, eight innings pitch, five hits, one run and five Ks. Back-to-back great outings, like – He's this guy, he's starting to heat up finally. Um, against Minnesota, seven innings pitched, uh, two earned runs over seven. So he's starting to heat up, and I think he's going to be instrumental for this team. I think they make the playoffs still. I'm still very high on them. Like you mentioned with uh, Manoa and Gosman, I think, you know, that three headed monster is really going to be so pivotal for them with that bullpen struggling. They're going to need those guys to go deep. So Brias is finally starting to heat up, and I love to see it. Absolutely. Let's move on to the third place Tampa Bay Rays. They currently sit at 34 and 25. Just nine games back of the Yankees, only a half game behind the Blue Jays with a plus 16 run differential. The offense for the Rays has not gotten going. They've only scored 13 more runs than the Orioles, and they haven't been able to sniff the Red Sox, Blue Jays, or Yankees. But the story is, of course, the pitching with the Tampa Bay Rays. Who is your player of the week for these Tampa Bay Rays? Because they are winning so many one-run games, but unfortunately, something that might hurt them, Andrew Kittredge, 
is going down with Tommy John surgery, their best bullpen piece. That's not good for them. But guys like Jeffrey Spring, Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, and now they have Shane Boz finally back. Who was the person to spark the Rays this week? Oh, I mean, it's got to be McClanahan, right? I mean, he threw eight scoreless, two hits, one walk, nine strikeouts against St. Louis this week. I mean, he's one of the best young pitchers in the game. We're seeing this. He could start the All-Star game. It could be Nestor. It could be Verlander. It could be McClanahan. But he's been incredible for this race team this year. G-Man Choi also, like, really dealing with some injuries this year. Kind of back. He played four games this week. He had a 210 WRC plus over his 16 plate appearances. So this race team, man, I don't know where I'm just – this offense just goes completely dead sometimes. And I, I don't know. know if they're going to get that consistent spark from a G-Man Choi. Like, I don't know if he's going to be that guy for the rest of the year. They really need Wander to start heating up. That's their big piece. They need him to start heating up. I mean, they need Wander to get healthy first off. But it's funny. You look at the starting pitchers, where they rank in terms of stats, even the bullpen too. Like the bullpen is seventh in ERA and and the starting rotation is seventh in ERA and third in whip and third in walks per nine and sixth in strikeouts per nine. But if you look at the offense, they rank 24th in batting average, 26th in on-base percentage, 23rd in OPS. They're not really hitting home runs. But the thing is, they're third in stolen bases. That's how they're going to manufacture runs this year. But when you look at their roster, it's not that scary, but it is deep. And I do think that they're going to heat up later with the bats. But right now, like this offense just doesn't scare me. And when you look at where they rank, it makes sense. I just don't, this team feels different from last year. I just feel like last year, this team, you did not want to play the Tampa Bay Rays. Nobody wanted to walk into the trap and play those guys. Even if they were coming to you, I just don't think they're as scary as they were. And like you mentioned with the lineup, Peter, they're just not producing at the level that we're used to seeing with them. But, you know, I do still think that they make the playoffs. I do think they win 94, 95 games, but they're just not, they, they don't feel the same like they did in the past. Yeah, right now, just to go back for the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays have a 96.9% chance of making the playoffs according to Fangraphs, and the Rays are at 65.2%. Let's move on to the fourth-place Boston Red Sox, who are heating up. 31-29 and 29 record. They're 12 and a half back, but they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and they have a plus 38 run differential. It's actually better than the Rays. It's better than the Blue Jays. And just to... Um, just to kind of see where they rank, because the pitching has been pretty solid for them, especially a guy like Nick Pavetta. Nate Eovaldi has looked better of late. They now sit eighth in ERA and sixth in whip, their starting rotation, and fourth in batting average for the offense. This is turning into a pretty solid team. But again, it's the bullpen that is is going to hurt them in the long run, I think. Right now, they've been okay this season so far. They rank 11th in ERA and 10th in whip. But... If I could be completely honest with you, when I look at the roster in that back end, now that Garrett Whitlock is confirmed a starter for them, it doesn't look great. But nonetheless, this week is what we're talking about. And the Red Sox are eight and two in their last 10 games. They are rolling right now. Who is the player that sparked the Red Sox this week? I still don't understand the Whitlock thing, to be honest with you. Like before, I just want to tap that. The fact that he's not in the bullpen doesn't make any sense to me. I think he should well, be such a good starter, bro. I just, dude, I don't know, like, but they need somebody, like, that's so reliable and dominant at the back half of that bullpen. I don't know. But it is what it is. They're the Boston Red Sox, and they want to enter their last 10, so I can't really get on them about that. But there are two guys that I want to talk about here. Michael Waka did get banged up a little bit last night. He had three run runs and four innings last night. But beginning of the week, through a complete game shutty against the Angels, he shoved, shoved against Otani, gassed him up. That was a crazy clip. And another guy starting to heat up that – 
I was completely ready to give up on. You were ready to give up on him because you think the Red Sox are going to trade for Josh Bell. But Bobby Dahlbeck is now hitting 204 WRC plus last week, two home runs, six RBIs. Do you think he's going to be this good for forever? Or like, is he finally starting to figure it out? Or is he just, you know, on one of these highs? I think he's on one of these highs because when he's connecting with the ball and he's seeing the ball well, he has immense power and he can definitely get the ball out of the ballpark. My thinking is he hasn't shown consistency enough for me to believe that this is a true thing. I think he's hot right now. Great for Bobby Dahlbeck. If he's hitting home runs, great for the Red Sox. But I think long-term Tristan Casas is the answer at first base, their best prospect. And the reason why I pitched the Josh Bell to the Red Sox trade was because I think that the Red Sox could use a left-handed bat. Josh Bell is a switch hitter, but he's better from the left side and they could definitely use that. Josh Bell is also a rental which helps them too, because Casas, he has an injury right now, a wrist injury. I don't think that they're going to rush him to the major leagues so quickly, because why? You don't want to hurt his development, especially if he's injured. Get Josh Bell, make that lineup just a bit deeper, get another lefty in there to separate all those right-handed bats. I think that's the smart move for them. And I've, you know, we've heard that Xander Bogarts will be on the trade block, but I think there's almost no shot now. The Red Sox are battling and they have the second best run differential in the division. And I think that they will be here at the end of the, at the end of the year, really, because if you look at where Fangraphs projects them at, at a 50, 50 shot right now, 50.4% to make the playoffs. Sam, if I put a gun to your head and said, do you think the Red Sox make the playoffs? Yes or no? Yes, because with the Angels fall off a couple weeks ago, I had the Angels in the playoffs and now they're in a very different place than they were just a couple weeks ago. Obviously, they went on the 15 game losing streak and I figured that they would sneak into that wild card spot. But now I do think, Peter, that these four American League East teams are all going to make the playoffs it's because I think there's so much talent. The Red Sox could win 92 games this year. They could win yeah. 92 games and finish fourth place in their division but they'd still make the playoffs because of the expanded playoffs this year. So, and the front four that I saw last night of story Devers, Martinez and Bogarts is might be one of the scariest in the MLBP. It honestly might be one of the scariest. Their offense is loaded and their starting pitching has been pretty solid. I've been saying it and I, I believe it, but now we move on to the fifth place Orioles. They're 25 and 35 it just stinks for them because they're in this incredibly tough division. And I don't think they're as bad as their record shows. They have a negative 41 run differential, which is not ideal. And they currently have a 0.0% chance of making the playoffs, unfortunately. But they haven't been too bad lately. I mean, they're four and six in their last 10 games. Seems like Trey Mancini is starting to heat up a little bit. Looks like Cedric Mullins is starting to heat up as well. And, you know, they've gotten decent performances from guys like Jordan Lyles from Tyler Wells, but Bruce Zimmerman is starting to kind of blow up a little bit. Who's the, per, who's the player that sparked the Orioles this week? It's gotta be Anthony Santander. I mean, this team isn't great. They're like the Baltimore Orioles, I think are the best bad team in baseball. When you look at that, like group of like bottom six teams in the league, I think they're the best out of that bunch, but Anthony Santander this week, 214 WRC plus, they only played four games. So he played in three of them. He slashed 364, 462, uh, 636, one home run, two RBIs. I mean, they're not great. Uh, and that's like the one guy that you can kind of highlight from this week. And he's he had a great second half last year. And I guess he's starting to heat up now, which is good to see. Um, but yeah, he was good this week. And I think when we talk about the Orioles, it's important to talk about what's next, because I don't think this is the Orioles year. And I think Orioles fans know that. But what we've been seeing in the minor leagues is that Gunnar Henderson, their young shortstop prospect, is killing it. Adley Rutschman got the call, and he's hitting below 200 right now, but he's going to heat up because he's one of the great prospects in the entire sport. We talked about Gabriel Moreno. 
Adley Rutschman is just a better prospect than Gabriel Moreno is. And there's a ton of hype around Gabriel Moreno for great reason. But unfortunately, their top pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, looks like he may be out for the entire year. I predicted, well, not predicted, more trades I'd like to see. Cedric Mullins going over to the San Francisco Giants in exchange for Luis Matos, you know, Casey Schmidt, and um, and a couple other prospects as well. Or Mac McCluskey was the prospect mm-hmm. that I threw in there for them. I think it's might be time to trade Cedric Mullins from the Orioles. You know, by the time the Orioles are really good, I don't know if Cedric Mullins will be in their plans. And I think you have to capitalize on that 30-30 season. And because I don't know if he's ever going to reach that again. And I know he's going to be expensive because he still has years of control. But I think the time is now to trade away Cedric Mullins. I think they could look at a trade for Anthony Santander. And But what's been the bright spot of the Orioles all season long has been the bullpen. The mm-hmm. Orioles rank sixth in bullpen ERA, and they don't really give up any homers. Walks and hits, printings pitch, they rank 12th in whip, so not too bad. But overall, the Orioles' bullpen has been solid. You know, Dylan Tate, Batista, they have a lot of guys back there, a lot of trade chips for a lot of contenders who will need bullpen help. That's where the Orioles can start to cash in and really look towards maybe 2024, 2025. That looks like the window. Yeah, for sure. With this Orioles team, like I said, they're fun. I like them, I guess, because I'm local. A lot of my friends are Orioles fans, so it's very, you know, I can sympathize with them, even though we're the big, bad Yankees fans that watch the 95-win teams every year. But I guess me being a local kind of plays a part into that. I love Adley Rutschman. He's super fun. Uh, I was a big fan of Santander last year. Mullins, I feel like, has kind of fallen off a cliff in a way because, Peter, we saw a top-five center fielder in baseball last year out of Cedric Mullins, like you mentioned, the 30-30 season. And now he's a complete shell of himself. And I do agree. I think they need to sell high with this player because I don't think that he's going to want to stay long-term with this team regardless. And I don't think the Orioles are going to want to pay him when that time comes. So I think it's time. I think they need to sell him off. The Orioles are fun. And, you know, I just, you got to feel bad for him because with this gauntlet of a, of a division, like, what are they really going to do? You know, I know I feel bad for him. Just I feel really bad about Grace Rodriguez. Like that yeah. is a mm. huge blow to this organization because he really is. I mean, you're splitting hairs here with him and Shane Boz, but regardless, they're two of the top pitching prospects in baseball. The Rays just got him back but the Orioles will lose Grace Rodriguez. We won't be able to get to see him this year, but next year he's going to come up and he's going to start dominating the league. So that'll do it for the Monday edition of State of the Division in the AL East. We got the Yankees in first place, 43 and 16, the Blue Jays at 34 and 24, the Rays at 34 and 25, Red Sox at 31 and 29, Orioles in last place at 25 and 35. Sam, do you have any notes on the AL East before we say goodbye? Uh, Go Jankies. That's about it. Go Jankies. We'll talk to you all soon. And with that, thank you, everybody.